So um, one other thing of family business I'd like to take care of before we um, get into a, a brief message about the Word of God. I want to just say congratulations to you, Crossroads Church family. You, you did a great job. Last Tuesday night, we um, gave food baskets to 100 families in our community in need. And um, it was, uh, you, you donated over $5,000 of food. And the, and the food baskets were full of everything from the basics to, you know, there were gloves and cinnamon rolls. And uh, by the time they got to the end of the list, they got to pick between a turkey and a ham. And then uh, we prayed with them if they wanted prayer. And we provided interpreters because many of the families who came don't speak English. Uh, many in need anyway. So... I am so grateful. Way to go. Well done. And while I'm doing that, I, 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 it would be wrong for me not to thank Debbie Belcher, who wants to sit in the back and not be noticed. But Debbie, you did a great job of leading. Thank you for the way you led us. There's some Christmas flowers for Debbie. You deserve more than that. <laughs> okay, so um, you know me. If you're a regular here, you know I can't get up here without at least getting into Proverbs for a moment. So today's the 24th. I chose a, a proverb to share, the, uh, verse 14. If you find wisdom, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so I'm going to listen to that one myself. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus, right? Okay, and um, there's something really, really special about the birth of a baby. We had that happen in our household very recently. Our daughter gave birth. In fact, she was at home, and the plan was to go to the hospital when a certain number of contractions per, you know, however that's calculated, and the story was, Lisa was at her house, and um, I was at our house with the little ones, and she called me, and she said, oh, um, Rachel's upstairs and saying, I feel like pushing, and she had the baby at home, so I wasn't part of the plan, but it was a miracle, great birth, I don't know if I'm supposed to give all this personal information, <laughs> she's not here, she, she came to the last service, if she wanted to defend herself, she should have come to both, so <laughs> that's part of being a PK, I guess, so um, anyway... We, um, we had this miraculous birth, another one in our family, and um, if you've ever had children, you know what I'm talking about. It's more than biology. It's miraculous, and um, yeah, and <laughs> perfect timing, and I, one of my f- absolute favorite um, psalms is Psalm 139, and there's this, the psalmist, the person who wrote this, who's actually talking to God. It's a prayer, and he's talking to God about the majesty of baby inside the womb. Listen to what he's saying. He says, for you, he's talking to God, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. God looks into the womb of a mother and says, I know you. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. God knows all of our days before they've even started. It's kind of like, if you were going to go um, for the first time in your life, maybe the only time in your life, you're going to be going off to some exotic place for a week and you had a vacation. You would plan every day. This day I'm going to go surfing and this day I'm going to da 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 You'd have it all planned out. God sees every one of your days and they're a big deal to him. Kind of hard to believe that. I mean, it's true. It's, God loves you and me. It, it goes on, it says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. The number of wonderful, precious thoughts God has about you can't be numbered. Anyway, you know, I, I just, um, just think about the, the birth of a child, such a special thing. God has his best plan for you and for me, and um, precious, the word says, precious are his thoughts about us. And Christmas is about the birth of a child, you know, 500 years before Christ was born, there's this prophet, his name was Isaiah, 
and he was talking about Jesus coming. And here's what he said. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's, it's traditional for us to read the Christmas story. And instead, I've got a video for you for the Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, <laughs> to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You know, maybe that last sentence there, this is those, the text there was lifted directly out of Scripture. The narration there is actually right out of the Bible. And that last part might have gone a little bit, wait, wait a minute, what did he say? Because that's a little different than the hallmark, right? You've heard the phrase, peace on earth, goodwill to men, and that's the translation that you find in the, in the King James Version of the Bible. And it's, it's accurate, but it's, it's an unfortunate translation because if you dig into what the words actually say there, it says... Uh, something it says, "Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He God is pleased." Some translations say, "Peace uh, on those on whom His favor rests, or who have His good will." In fact, what that word literally means is there people who have His forgiveness, His favor, His goodwill, His forgiveness. True peace comes to people when they possess the forgiveness of God. That's what that scripture, that's what Hallmark cards ought to say, because that's the real message. Here's the interesting thing. God does not place his peace upon everybody. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe a time in your life where you thought, man, I, I could use some peace here and I don't have it, and, and it doesn't seem to, sh- why is it? Why is it? And the, and the answer to that question is sometimes people reject God's peace. We literally reject it. Does it make sense? to reject God, but sometimes we do it anyway. We, people reject it. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's because we don't want to be accountable. We feel if we accept that kind of thing from God, it's a relationship and there's, a, there's an obligation to somehow uh, be accountable to God. And we don't want to. You know, don't tell me what to do, God. 
You're not the boss of me. That's in me. I mean, be honest with yourself. It's in you. It's in me. It, it, it is. Sometimes I feel like, don't tell me what to do, God. And then I think that through and I think, oh, that's just not smart, Terry. You know, that, that doesn't work out in the end, the near end or the far end. And, and the thing is that we get to the other end and things aren't going well. And that's when we want to blame God. But God says, hey, Terry, do you remember back there when I was offering you peace and you said, don't tell me what to do? Right? God, God, God that's, that's where we land. And, you know, the thing is that, that supernatural peace, supernatural hope from God are available to everybody. Everybody. And that's good because there are times when we need supernatural peace. Not, not the peace that comes because we figure things out, oh, this is going to be okay because of this list of reasons or the circumstances are working. But supernatural peace because there is no good enough explanation. And that happened um, to Joseph. He was told, basically... Hey, um, this woman you're going to be married, you're betrothed to, she's already pregnant. He gets told that. And imagine what was going on in his soul. There was just like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. All of a sudden, his plans, his dreams came to this crashing halt. It's like, oh, my dreams are dying here. I, 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 I've been betrayed. This is humiliating. Joseph needed supernatural peace. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. The Lord put supernatural peace into Joseph, which the only way that Joseph could find peace was that way. Now maybe you caught there that... Um, in that gospel, Matthew's gospel, that uh, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. And there's this, I used to read that and kind of get confused. It's like, okay, what name are we supposed to call him? Because there's these different names that are going back and forth there. 
um, Jesus and the name Emmanuel. And, and the name Jesus, if you figure out what the name means, it, it's actually two words, two, two words put together. One is the name of God, and the other is, is um, a name that, the word that means free or safe actually means savior, deliverer, salvation. And the name Emmanuel, um, the scripture tells us, means God with us. So names then were a little different than they are today. You know, today we go, oh, I like the name whatever. And so we, uh, we you know, my mom liked the name Terry, so I'm Terry, right? But, but back then, your name was descriptive of something true. And um, so there are, here are these two names, and God gives two names for this child. You, you call him Jesus, God my Savior. It's a very personal name. This is what you call him. God saved me. And the other name is, they call him Emmanuel. They, that's, that's a group of people. It's a crowd. It's maybe others. It's a group perspective. God is here. God's with us. Both names are true. So what's the deal? What's the difference? That name, Salvation, is very, very personal. And the name God with us is for everybody. Everybody can say, well, God's here. The, the thing is that people can know about God. God can be present, but not be your savior. That's like today, right? Seahawks are going to play in a little bit, right? You didn't know the Seahawks were going to play today, right? It's like, okay, one person. I mean, normally there's a lot of people with Seahawks gear. I'm not pushing the Seahawks. I'm just bringing this example. They're playing today, and after they win, after they win, um, you might say, wow, we won today. And if we were having a conversation, I'd, I would say, we won. So you actually caught a pass for a touchdown today? or Well, no, but, you know, I like to, you know, I'm like to be. That's kind of like what we're talking about here. There's, it's like, well, I'm not actually on the team, but I like to kind of hang around and be a part of, I'm not really a Seahawk. Okay. It's kind of a scary thing that people can think that they know salvation when they only know God with us. They think they know Jesus, Savior, but they only know God. Now, the Jews were talking about this very topic and, um, uh, and, and during the, what's called the Feast of Dedication, which is, we call it today Hanukkah. If you were Jewish, you, knew, you would know this. And Hanukkah just ended last Wednesday. So they were talking about this, and we see this in John chapter 10. Now, it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. In other words, come on. Tell us, are you God? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Savior? Tell us, just be up front with us right now. Let us know. And Jesus answered them, and here he goes. He says, I told you, and you do not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Have you seen these miracles? Have you seen all these things? Nobody can do these things but God the Creator. What do you think? I've, yeah, I've told you this already, and you still don't believe me. Verse 26, but you do not believe because, and here's now why you don't believe, because you are not of my sheep. And as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There is Jesus telling us that if you know him as Savior, if you know him as Jesus, then you know his voice, and you follow him when he calls you. So get mad at me. That's Jesus talking there. He's saying, this is how you will know if you are saved. This is how you will know if you will spend eternity in heaven with God. That will be if you know Jesus' voice when you hear it 
And when he calls you, you follow him. That's just evidence. It's just evidence. He goes on, verse 28, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. It's just not enough to know about Jesus. It's just not enough. You have to be one of his sheep if you want eternal life. The big Christmas question. That takes us to the big Christmas question. Do you know him as Savior? Or do you only know him as God with us? It's a critical decision because it's the pathway. It's following the light to salvation. And um, hey, honey, could you come up with candles? Because we're about ready to to light candles here. Um, Jesus talked about this, and he's actually praying, and we see this, thanks, honey. He, he, he's praying, and you see this in John chapter 17, and these are the words of Jesus. He's praying, he says to God, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Listen to this, what he says now as he's praying to God. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Jesus there is praying for the sheep, for the people who know his voice and follow him when, they call, when he calls. I'm um, going to suggest to you that, you know, we're going to light candles and it's fun, right? <laughs> it's fun to light candles. Um, and it's symbolic of, of the light of the world, of finding the way to Jesus. And it's symbolic for other reasons because we're going to actually pass the light from one person to the next. That's how the good news about Jesus gets passed from one person to the next. And um, salvation is not about what you do. It's not about coming to church. It's not about giving money to God. It's not about being the best person that you can be, even though you make mistakes sometimes. In fact, Scripture says that doing all of those things is not enough to get you into heaven. Scripture says that all fall short of the glory of God. But God loves you so much that he gave away, and that is to become one of those who know Jesus personally. And Scripture also says that there is no way to the Father except through Jesus. Here's what you do. You believe with your heart. Scripture says in, uh, in, in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, in other words, if, if you will confess with your mouth that God had a plan to save you, it's Jesus, and he is your Savior. And it was proven by the fact that he came out of that grave. Then you'll be saved. That's what, what Scripture says. You don't have to join a church, and I would never ask you to do that. That's not, the, that's not what salvation is about. I encourage you, if you have never come to that decision, you should do it today. And in a minute, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. But I am going to, in this room, but I'm going to ask you to do something today. Today, sometime, you go to someone and say to them, you know what that guy was talking about at the church? I need to get things squared away with God. And I know Jesus came and did this for me. I know God raised him from the dead. I'm making my heart a tender place to become a place where he is my Savior now. Tell somebody that today. And that's what will make the difference. And then we're going to light candles. So let's pray, and then I'll give you instructions on candles. Lord, thank you for the real Christmas message. The truth is that no baby ever saved anybody. That salvation comes because of a heavenly plan to come and pay the price for sin that we cannot pay for ourselves. So Merry Christmas to you too, God. The fact that this day is celebrated like it is is because of something so grand that we would never think up. It's hard to believe it's, it's just hard to understand 
it's hard to conceive with the limitations we have to know that you've had a plan since we were still in our mother's womb, that you know all of our days before there was one of them, that, that a last day will come upon us and we don't know that number. And then it's, it's, it's now is the time, Lord, to get right with you. So we do that. I pray, Lord, that you, as you circulate among hearts in this room today, people hearing these words, that tender hearts will be open to the salvation call, to the light, to the star of the King. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.